Hey girlfriend, I'm Samantha. If you're ready to beat burnout, find freedom, and explore what it looks like to live exponentially, you've come to the right place. I'm an Enneagram 2, a projector, and a get-it-done gal who decided that living life by the norm just wasn't working for me anymore. I started a membership back in 2018, and it grew a whole lot bigger and faster than I ever imagined. Then my students started asking me for help in building out their own memberships. By 2020, I became a membership mentor full-time, and soon after, I retired my husband from his career, and we hit the road to become digital nomads in our motorhome. Here, I'll share stories of my students, what it can look like to live exponentially, and how to make it happen. Hey, girlfriend. Welcome to the Exponential Life Podcast. I am so excited that you're here with me this season. We are on episode two of season two, and it's just really cool that we're here together because, oh, Bo has something to say about it. I, as as you probably noticed, I've decided to bring him in here while I record because it's just better than having him yipping and yapping at the door, but he always is just like, mom, who are you talking to? What are, what are we doing? I thought we were working. Um, so anywho, we're both excited to be here with you now that he knows that we're recording, right, bud? Um, so today I want to talk to you about my marketing story because it's kind of a unique one. Um, you know, I don't have any formal education in marketing, but I have a lot of like school of hard knocks. So we're going to talk about where it came from and how it all transpired and how we got here where we are today. Um, cause it's been a, quite a long journey. So I will say I just finished watching Christine's wedding on sister wives. If any of you guys are sister wives fans, um, it was, it was interesting, awkward, beautiful, um, Christine is just kind of awkward, right? But I'm super happy for her. And I just am like, why did we need Cody's commentary? Um, so anyway, just gonna throw my little bit of pop culture. Not that I'm into a lot of pop, pop culture. I'm just into like the weird stuff, right? So <laughs> anywho, um, let's dive in to kind of my background in social media. So I was a MySpace kid, probably starting in like circa 2003. And my first profile picture on MySpace was actually not of me. It was a Liger. This was the, the era of Napoleon Dynamite. At the time, it was my favorite movie. Um, I'm really into these movies, always have been, that are like, just like stupid boy comedy, really, with like really dumb quotable stuff. So like, my favorite movie of all time is Forrest Gump. But like funny movies, I like Joe Dirt. I kind of like anything like Happy Madison, um, I'm a big fan of Adam Sandler, but not always the movie season. But anyway, love David Spade. <laughs> so Joe Dare was my favorite, but Napoleon Dynamite is like just literally such a classic for me. Um, I loved all the movies that, that came out when I was in high school with like Will Ferrell, not technically a Will Ferrell fan, not even technically like a Seth Rogen fan, Jonah Hill fan per se, but all the movies they were making in that era big fan. Um, but anyway, <laughs> back to the Liger. So the Liger was my profile picture, um, because my dad had told me when I was, was 13, um, that I was not allowed to put pictures of myself on the internet. So it kind of progressed from the Liger to, I would put a, I put a picture of like my eyeball and then I was just like, okay, we're just going to keep progressing and see if dad finds out. He, I guess he probably found out after a while, but he just like, 
didn't care anymore. Um, <laughs> so 2003, Liger, that was, that was my MySpace picture. Um, and you know, people always say like, oh, don't put things on the internet. They last forever. But like, where's my MySpace pictures? Because the albums we curated on MySpace, you guys, so good. So epic. The captions, the captions were so well thought out. So many song lyrics, so much angst. Like, come on. If I could go back and look at that and just take a trip down memory lane, wouldn't that be such a treat? Like, come on. I would love it. Kind of, you know, part of me is kind of glad they're not, they're, they're nowhere to be found. I can't even get into my photo bucket account, which is where, you know, we stored all the pictures um, that we put on our profile. Anyone else here, like an HTML MySpace Pro? Because I would have definitely put that on a resume if I ever needed to, because uh, that was pretty good. I wasn't to the point of like making the um, marketable like profile templates, but like now looking back, I so wish I would have, but here's the thing. Like we had dial up internet. (laughs) We had free dial up internet. Actually, it was called no charge internet that we found somehow. I don't think it was like dark web stuff, but it wasn't like not. So just really interesting. We had dial up internet for a very long time. So I could never, I could never have done that. My LimeWire, you guys took so long to download like days it would take days to download these bootleg songs so anywho I wasn't an entrepreneur just yet on the on the online space but I kind of wish I had been I'm very envious of that I will say MySpace was a huge deal for me because it came right at the time when I moved from California to Washington um I moved to Washington in 2005 um like September, October of 2005. Um, So it was really nice because I got to stay connected with all my California friends, meet my Washington friends, grow friendships online. And I was able to like maintain friendships from everywhere I had lived. Um, Funny story about me, if you didn't know, I was born in Bellingham, Washington, moved down to Southern California, moved back to Southwest Washington, um, moved back to Southern California, moved back to Washington. (laughs) And now I'm here in Arizona. So I kind of just flip-flop between the two. And, you know, every time it's like a different lifetime, I have friends from all these different stages of my life. So I feel like social media has really, really allowed me to con- to maintain those friendships. And like, honestly, I was even invited to weddings and class reunions and things that I probably should never have gone to from the kids that I went to middle school with in California. So it's just, it's such a cool thing to me because most people in any other generation would have lost those connections, but I still talk to these people. Um, so of course I got Facebook in 2009, kind of begrudgingly because I was such a MySpace girl. I come from this, this really big family and I didn't ever have a lot of personal space. And MySpace was just so cool for me because I could decorate, I could put songs on my walls, I could create my top eight. It was such a nice, like, personalized space for me, especially these, you know, angsty emo, elder emo kids that we were. Like, this was just our mecca, right? So Facebook comes around and whatever. We're we're seniors in high school, so we're not kids anymore. We we have to get the Facebook, make sure we're up with the times, right? Somehow around between 2009 and 2010, MySpace just disappeared. And I'm like, I wish we could go back and tell ourselves to save it because Facebook is just such a drag compared to MySpace, right? 
So when the rest of the world got MySpace, we got MySpace. Like I said, wasn't it, or got Facebook. We got Facebook. Wasn't a huge fan. Um, I will say when Instagram hit the scene, I was jealous of all the iPhone girlies because in 2010, when Instagram came about, it was only for iPhone. I had an Android for work. Um, I was working in business at the time and the apps that we were using were only for Android. So they finally did let us peasants have it in 2011. So I was able to get an Instagram and I started spending a lot of time there following lots of bloggers, all the OG bloggers I followed, um, was really into fashion, was really into DIY, things like that. Um, don't worry, I did get an iPhone in 2014. So I did not stay with the Android. And, you know, now I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I even did that. Um, <laughs> Pinterest, which is not social media, um, I did have, of course, right away. I was introduced to it from a high school classmate. And she was like, Sam, we were at a birthday dinner, 21st birthday dinner for one of our mutual friends. She was like, Sam, I feel like you would love this. And at the time it was again, only for iPhone and didn't have my iPhone yet. And I had to use the computer version. So thank God, eventually got the iPhone, eventually got Pinterest on my phone. Um, but I was a big Pinterest girl because we were in the era of DIY, again, fashion recipes. I was a new wife. So I was, you know, Pinterest was it for me. Right. Um, and then when we moved to San Diego in 2014, I really started to use Instagram and Facebook, like to network. Um, and I'll say like socially network. I did start using it almost exclusively for business at one point. Um, but I did make most of my friends on Instagram through different hashtags actually at the time. So there was a San Diego Navy wife hashtag that I used. Um, Chaz, if you didn't know, was in the Navy for a short time. Um, there was a San Diego, doxy mom hashtag that I met one of my best friends through <laughs> and that was just a way that you know in the very early stages that we were connecting with each other um I can actually think of only one of my friends that I didn't meet online um but we ended up becoming close via Instagram we met at BNI um but we ended up getting close because of Instagram we both had a mutual love for social media and we hung out there a lot um and then we started hanging out in person um in 2016 I started a Christian-based Christian-based clothing line called Houghton Humble if you're an OG you probably remember this um but we did all of our marketing organically via Instagram and Facebook and at the time I worked for the company that was producing the clothing and my job was to set up and sell accounts to fellow clothing brand entrepreneurs. And since I had a vested interest in them doing well, I taught them how, like what I learned and how to establish presence online and sell their t-shirts organically there without ads. Cause new businesses, they don't have a ton of revenue to start, um, you know, just spending on ads. And I'm like, Hey, I actually have this business that I have done completely for free on Instagram. I've sold hundreds of shirts here. You should try this, this, and this. And one of my clients told me that I really needed to be switching my careers because social media was where it was at and selling t-shirts was not my calling. And I was like, what? That's not a job. And then magically two weeks later it was. <laughs> so that's kind of how it all began for me professionally. So OctaSocial was born and I named it that so people would ask what it meant. Um, Octus means growth in Latin. 
And um, OctoSocial started as a done-for-you marketing agency, and we quickly grew into coaching and mentorship because I found empowering women to learn how to do their own marketing was so much more impactful than trying to do it for them, trying to be their voice, trying to coordinate all that stuff. I was like, you know, it's so much better when you have a personal brand, aka when you're the face of your brand, when your brand is your name, when your brand is based on you as a person, it is so much more impactful for you to be the one showing up. I could only pretend to be them like so much, right? I could only get so far. It was always better when they could confidently show up as themselves. Now, if they were struggling with the confidence or the how-to or any of that, that's kind of where I came in to teach them to bridge how to bridge that gap. It was funny though, I was teaching all this, you know, how to show up confidently, how to do the videos, how to create stories, how to get a photo shoot with a photographer. And I hadn't even had my own photo shoot just yet. (laughs) I, you know, struggled with body image and all this, especially back then I had not come to a place, you know, I'm in my thirties now at the time I was like 25. (laughs) So I was still in that very like self-conscious stage of my self-acceptance. Right. And in January of 2018, I booked a professional photographer to take my photos at a cute local coffee shop. Now I was almost a year into business at this point and I had gotten by again. I had, I made at this point made way more than what my job was paying me. I think it was making somewhere around $5,000 a month. It was good money, right? I wasn't even necessarily looking to make more money. Um, but I was like, you know, it is time that I practice what I preach. I was an hour late. I had bought all these clothes that I hated, didn't love how they fit, just felt gross. You know, I'd been working for myself for about a year at this point, And I did a lot of, um, hanging out, working at home. <laughs> I wasn't getting the exercise that I had been getting before. I wasn't eating right. And I had probably gained some weight. So I was an hour late to my photo shoot. I was not confident. I was sweaty, so sweaty. Which is, we have found now that's not new. I always sweat during photo shoots. Um, but this was the first one. So I was like, oh my God, why am I so sweaty? I tried to cancel, <laughs> but he was like, no, you're fine. Show up an hour late. It's okay. I'm just chilling. Um, so I did it. I showed up and I started using those photos instead of just like stock images. If you scroll all the way down to my, to the bottom of my Instagram, you'll see it. I use these stupid Canva images Um, I really did lean hard into my love of cactuses and I'm going to talk about branding here soon um, because it's been so long since I've talked about kind of, I don't want to call it symbolism, but like using things in your brand. Oh, Bo doesn't like that. Using things in your brand that aren't just your face, right? So things that are so totally you. I was teaching a student about this the other day um, who's launching her membership soon. And it was so funny because the next night I get a message from uh, one of my followers that she saw something at Marshall's that just totally looked like me from my branding. And she had to snap a picture for me. And this is something I used to teach so heavy in building your personal brand. You have to implement things that are so totally you. And so for me at the time, it was cacti and succulents. And I incorporated a lot of those pictures 
instead of pictures of me. <laughs> and they, they got me so far, you know, they got me to five grand a month, which was cool. Um, but they didn't replace my face. So I started using those photos in my marketing instead of those stock photos. And the way I was able to connect with my clients from that point on changed forever. My income more than doubled within a month of that photo shoot. And I am not being dramatic. I could probably show you the receipts um, if I'm even able to go back that far some somewhere in the history books. Um, but I could show you the receipts. I was booked and busy with out-of-country clients, people from Canada. I think right after that photo shoot, I was hired by about five ladies from the same team in Canada because, hey, they could prove I was real, right? And I, at that point, I started booking a lot more people who didn't ever meet me in person because they were comfortable because they saw my face. They knew who they were talking to. They hopped on video and they, with me, they felt like they already knew me, right? So they'd watched my stories. They'd seen my professional pictures. They knew that I was the one who was leading by example, was able to take them from where they were to where they wanted to be with their marketing. So like I said, my income more than doubled and it was wild. I would have never even imagined that that could be such a big difference for me. My agency from there evolved from just teaching women how to show up to creating what I would call a perpetual content calendar alongside them. So of course I, I was always teaching them how to do it and giving them the confidence and showing them all the ropes and all the little synchronicities of how to work the app of Instagram um, if they didn't know. But I really started leaning into this idea of creating a perpetual content calendar, putting together all of the things that they knew that they needed to speak on in order to bridge that gap between where her potential clients were and what they needed to know to trust and move forward with her. I helped them create something where they could never say that they didn't have anything to post and have it be truly something that was impactful, not just throwing spaghetti at the wall, not just a bunch of jumbled content that meant nothing, but something that was actually taking them from this point in their business, their income and their impact to where they really wanted to be and more. Um, from there, we opened the membership. And as you guys know, you know the backstory of the membership. I started marketing on both profiles in tandem. Now, I truly wish <laughs> that we had the feature that we have now where you can share to both profiles because it was a lot. I did a lot of sharing back and forth, um, but it was still all organic, no ads. And we served over 800 women in our membership. All of it was done through Instagram, Facebook, and word of mouth all of it, no ads. We did try running some ads for kickoff events in cities we hadn't been to. And I will tell you, we paid a lot of money and they were wildly unsuccessful. It was never how we booked our tickets, never how we sold, they were free, but sold our tickets. Um, so we, we really didn't do it more than like two or three times. Um, in my first year in business, you guys rewinding a little bit, my first year in business in 2017, I started with less than 300 followers. By the end of that year, I believe I had about 300 followers and I made six figures that year. It was crazy. I could have never imagined. But if you think about it, marketing is not all about the size of your audience. It's about the depths of your relationships. And if we're honest, 
you probably don't even have the infrastructure right now, especially if you don't have an exponential offer suite. You probably don't have the infrastructure to serve 300 clients in a year. If you're a hairstylist working behind the chair, you probably can't serve 300 different people. If you are someone working one-on-one with, with clients in a coaching business, you probably cannot serve 300 people. Even if you were to do group programs, the only way you could serve 300 people is if you had a truly exponential form of income, like a membership or a course or something like that. Um, but 300 people, you know, we always think 300 followers is not a ton. You can absolutely make six figures with 300 followers as long as they're aligned and as long as they're paying attention, right? And how do you get their attention? By showing up, by creating content that is aligned, interesting, provokes emotion and shows them the way and the light, right? So it won't ever knock wide visibility. I absolutely think that a large audience is awesome, but we need to make sure that we have those 20 strong touch points with the same follower these days. And in order for her to have that confident, aligned purchase decision, she's got to have those 20 touch points, right? You'll never be able to do that with a faceless or inconsistent marketing plan. And I know faceless marketing, (laughs) if you got my email last night, faceless marketing is the new trend and I am so grossed out by it. Absolutely not. It is a big no-no for me. It goes right in the bucket with the automations and the chat GPT and the um, the stock photos, right? None of it is made to help you stand out. None of it allows you to give someone the attention they need to give you enough money to actually make an impact in your life and their life, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't, the math doesn't math. <laughs> and I just can't with it. Will it allow you to create content? Sure. Will it also allow you to have someone else who use that same video and have your followers see both videos and be like, what? Yeah, it'll create confusion. It will not create a magnetic connection between you and your client. And it will not help you further your relationship with that client, but it'll help you put words out onto the internet for ChatGPT to steal. But I digress. In 2020, I got really burnt out on social, kind of like the rest of us, right? Like we were all like, all right, guys, we're going to take a little step back. And I actually decided after so many years of teaching social, specifically Instagram, full-time, that it was time for me to step away from being the social media girl. And I was, it was a tough transition for me. I had so much of my identity, huge mistake, as an entrepreneur wrapped up in social media. And I still do teach it every day, but I won't ever put all my eggs in the Instagram basket again, or any one basket for that matter. And truthfully, in all honesty, I can never wrap my identity up in anything else again, besides being a daughter of Jesus, right? But that was a mistake that I made when I started this business. I was all in on being the Instagram girl, right? And it worked until it didn't. And so this last year, I took everything I knew about marketing everything I knew that had changed and everything that I've learned about business over the years. And I adapted my strategy. I created what I like to call the anti-social marketing method. And you probably heard me talk about this last year when we ran the first round. Um, I, I knew none of us wanted to spend a ton of time writing captions anymore. And for God's sake, we don't want to create 
videos every freaking day, dancing or whatever we have to do, right? What, and this is where the faceless marketing is coming in. I get it. We don't want to spend so much time creating new content every single day. It is, it's a labor of love, but like at some point something's got to give, right? We have to work. We're not Brock Johnson out here pumping out videos every 30 minutes because that's our job because that's not our job. Our job is our job and we use social media to sell it. And so there has to be something else. So I knew most of us were feeling more antisocial than gung-ho about social. So I came up with the concept of the content tree. It's taking one piece of content and getting the most out of it over multiple online platforms, not just social. This way, your time, your content are not wasted. The idea gets so much more airtime, SEO, space on the internet, time on the internet. And these 20 touches that you need to hit, they actually get hit with one piece of content instead of 20 separate pieces of content, 20 separate ideas, right? I coupled that, that content tree idea with the idea of a perpetual content calendar that I've been doing for years and my, my signature content planning template and a few other tricks I've got up my sleeve to create the most, one of the most impactful programs that I've ever created. So drum roll, please. Hopefully you can hear that. I'm trying to be quiet so Bo doesn't bark. The doors to the antisocial media marketing or the <laughs> doors to the antisocial marketing method broadcast are now open and you can grab a seat. So the pricing for this is incredible. And you'll actually have an opportunity this time to upgrade to one-on-one -on -one support during these 30 days. So one thing about this round that's different from last year is that this will be a true broadcast. You can do on your own time with no distractions. So over 30 days, I'll be popping in with bite-sized lessons. There's about 10 chunks, but I pop in every day with something little tip, trick, bite-sized strategy, homework. Um, so I pop in with something else where you can build your strategy as you go. This time there will be no group chat. So the distraction and the noise that were proven to deter and overwhelm people last time has been eliminated. This is built for focus and progress. All the deets are here in the show notes and at the link in bio, and we start February 6th. So I can't wait to see you there. If you have questions, DM me. I also would love to hear your marketing story. So send me a DM anyway. Let me know you're listening and tell me kind of where you're at with your marketing. This is not a sales pitch. I'm not here to sell you something. If you don't want this, if you don't need it, if you don't have $97 to spend on it, I, I'm not here to try to make you do anything. This is a resource that I want to give to the community and that's why it's priced so well. But either way, I still want to have a conversation about your marketing. I want to know where you're at. I want to know if you're currently hating on social media. I want to know if you're really into this faceless marketing trend. I want to know what lights you up about it, what sucks you dry as far as your energy goes, and what are your favorite parts? Because there might actually be a strategy you can create out of just your favorite parts. So let me know where you're at with marketing. Send me a DM. Let's chat. I really hope to see you inside the antisocial marketing method this year. Um, we'll probably run it twice, but we'll see. Um, but this round, like I said, starts February 6th and I can't wait to see you there. I'll talk to you guys soon.